Welcome to Ask the $50 Billion Man with high-performance executive success coach, Dan Pena. The only show where you ask and you get complete, no-holds-barred answers. You want the truth? Can you handle the truth? Ask only if you dare. Head on to www.askthe50billiondollarman.com to submit your questions. And now, your host, Dan Pena. Hello, this is Dan Pena again, and this is a, a special podcast um, that's uh, not out of sequence, but uh, we've gotten a, a tremendous amount of um, questions about where do you get the fucking money? So, um, notwithstanding I've answered this uh, indirectly or indirectly in uh, a number of questions, actually dozens of questions, over uh, a number of podcasts since I started, I've never just had one uh, subject matter or one topic where we talked about um, the sources of capital, where you get the money. Um, this is um, uh, part of a section very important section of the seven steps uh, to of quantum leap uh, QLA methodology that I uh, taught at the various seminars uh, that I cover in uh, raising capital tapes that I've covered in uh, deals and acquisition tapes that I've covered in um, uh, financing your dream um, that I've covered uh, all kinds of places but we're just going to talk about it where do you get the fucking money now first of all we're going to dispel some myths about um, raising capital. Num number one myth and the biggest myth of them all is that it's hard. It's not hard. Uh, and in some respects it's quite easy. Um, if you follow the methodology and you follow the steps and you don't deviate. Uh, many years ago um, the, in the late 90s uh, I had a seminar um, that I gave um, to um, uh, to I mean a lot of people all over the United States, Europe, Canada, um, that uh, was raising capital, and it um, gave a lot more um, definitive pointers than I'm going to cover today. But there was a guarantee, and I've only given a couple guarantees in my seminars since I started uh, giving the first seminar in 1993, and the guarantee was as follows. If you cannot, after attending, and I used to charge $1,000 per, per person uh, to attend the um, Raising Capital Seminar, and I used to have between 50 and 200 people in the audience every time I gave it, and it proved to be one of the most successful seminars I ever gave. Uh, luminaries like Joe Polish attended, uh, amongst many others. And, uh, but if you follow the steps and you can't raise money, whatever amount of money, it doesn't matter the amount of money that you wanted to raise, in the first six months subsequent to the seminar, I would do one of two things. Either I would go out and raise the money for you, or I'd write you a check myself and invest in the company. But you had to do the, 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 the requisite um, steps. And one of which was, and the, the, the biggest, was to give two financial presentations per week for the next 52, 50 weeks out of 52, because you're lazy bastards, I'll let you off two weeks. Uh, and if you, you didn't uh, raise the money, uh, I'd give you your money back. 
Uh, but I you would step in after six months, and I would do it myself because I would rather raise the money than have to give you your money back. Well, uh, from 1995-ish to about, well, to today, we have never had one single person that has called me on that uh, guarantee. Now, the guarantee hasn't been alive probably for eight or nine years, but it was certainly in force for 10 straight years. Uh, and uh, the people either raised the money, um, uh, or they didn't follow the program. Well, what I'm about to go through is, is similar. I'm, there's no guarantees here, uh, but I'm, I'm here to tell you that if you gave five, two presentations a week, and that's two presentations to two distinct and separate financial institutions, that doesn't mean you go and you see Bank of America, a manager, and then see the assistant manager of the same branch. That, doesn't, that means two different um, financial institutions. And it's not always a bank. And what we're going to talk about is insurance companies, pension funds, uh, of course, private equity, hedge funds, etc., have become very popular, uh, along with this diverse uh, methodology as uh, crowdfunding. Um, but if you do two presentations a week, I guarantee that you will raise the necessary capital, no matter how doofus is the deal. But you're not going to raise it uh, next door. You're not going to raise it probably at your existing bank. Uh, you're not going to uh, 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 raise it without having to travel. As Robert Ringer used to say in, in Winning Through Intimidation, an expert is somebody that travels 200 miles away uh, and with a briefcase. Well, raising capital is, is, is very similar. I uh, was based in California to begin with, and then in Houston, Texas uh, uh, for Great Western, but I raised most of my money in New York City uh, and or London. I traveled more than 200 miles, and I had a briefcase. Uh, so it's not difficult. And I said in 1995, when I came out with raising capital tape, and when I came out with a doing deals and acquisition tape, and when I came out with financing your dream, uh, the world is flush with cash. Well, if I said that early on, now the world's even more flush with cash. The only difference is that uh, because of the financial crisis from 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, uh, you may have to make um, travel farther, uh, but someplace somebody's going to feel that you're an expert. So we're going to go through a few of these, uh, but that's the first myth. The second myth, uh, before we, we actually go through the actual uh, units that you should go see, is that um, you can't overfinance uh, in uh, your deal. Yes, you can overfinance your deal. Uh, I've had mentees that have overfinanced a deal 110, 120%, come back a year later, uh, refinance it 110, 120%, come back uh, uh, two years later. You can. Uh, uh, if you structure it correctly, and we're not going to talk about structure here, uh, but that's what you have lawyers and accountants, and again, uh, you need to see your own personal advisor uh, about your own personal situation, because the questions that I've answered in all the previous podcasts have been with not false information, because I know you wouldn't um, mislead me on purpose, but half information. You only tell me the things that you think are germane or important, and those probably aren't the only germane things um, that should be considered when raising finance. Okay, let's go through some of these. Number one, 
um, sources of capital, angel networks. Okay, well, by definition, I don't believe that angel networks or angel investors are angels uh, <clears throat> because they're no different than anybody else. They want to return on their investment. Uh, and w while they may seem more pleasant and palatable to you when uh, you're engaging with them, um, at the end of the day, they'll throw you out and they'll do whatever is necessary to get their, the return of their capital back uh, and, um, and uh, not necessarily return on capital. And that's a good point. Most of these investors, except for the real vulture bottom feeders, are interested first on a return of their capital, not a return on their capital. They want to see their capital come back to them even if there's no interest rate uh, associated with it. Okay, so angel networks. And now, with the advent of the internet, I mean, you can type in angel investor, angel networks, and there's countless of them all over the world. Whether you're in Japan, South America, there, there are just tons and tons and tons of them. Uh, and, um, and I've seen them work. Uh, but don't be uh, fooled and to think that because it has the, the, the name angel associated with it, they're going to be any less tough on you. Okay, there's barter systems. Now, I'm not a big proponent of barter systems, and I get, I get this all the time about the seminar. I'll do this for you uh, uh, if you let me come to the seminar for free or for a reduced cost or whatever. And they've been doing that ever since I've been giving seminars, but even before seminars. I'll do this for you if you let me in the deal. I'll put in sweat equity. Well, sweat equity is one thing, but bartering for one thing to get another, uh, I, I don't like. But there are people that do like it. And so you may say you need something, let's say, legal services. Now, this is uh, as an aside, or this is in addition to success fees. You know, can you do this for me? I'll let you in the deal. Help me finance it. Uh, cover my overhead for the next three months, six months, nine months. Okay, um, the, um, so the, and bartering still exists, and bartering started thousands of years ago. You know, a shoe cobbler uh, wanted uh, a plow, so he made shoes for somebody. Uh, it's an old system, uh, and it's still around. Factors, what is a factor? A factor is a guy, or a gal, or a company, or an institution that takes your receivables, uh, and he lends you against the receivables. Uh, and uh, let's say you have an ongoing business, you have a year contract with, of course, it's easier to factor your receivables if you've got IBM or General Motors or the federal government, but let's say you've got Joe Doak's uh, manufacturing company uh, and you've had the business for three, four, five years, you can borrow against your uh, receivables and they'll get some discount. Then the discounts range from 2% a month to 5% a month and the real you know, non-angel factors are, um, are, are charging you 15 or 20 percent. Of course, there's general resources. There's credit cards, friends, fools, and family. Uh, anybody, um, and I say in the seminar, uh, a guarantor of a note is a fool with a pen. And uh, th those are your friends and your family. And uh, most deals are funded with um, uh, credit cards to begin with, or actually, friends and fools, which I, I classify in the same uh, group, uh, and your own personal credit cards. Um, the, uh, you do what you have to. Now, in my particular case, when I started out the first time on my own, I used my own credit cards. 
Uh, I also uh, mortgaged against uh, uh, the equity I had in my home, um, which is another alternative. Uh, and if you believe in the project enough, you'll do that. Uh, yes, homes do get foreclosed on. Uh, that's part of life. But uh, there are, when I, t when I hear from people that I can't find the funding, that's bullshit. You can't. My favorite is go our governments. Um, uh, it's legendary that, you know, uh, I did $50,540,000 in business my first year in business when I founded the old Great Western Resources. It wasn't called Great Western Resources in, that, in those days, it was called Great Western Energy. Um, and I got two $20 million contracts and a $10 million contract from the federal government. And, uh, and nobody pays more than governments. You read about in the United States, they pay $6,000 for a toilet seat, $300 for an ashtray. It's outrageous what governments do. Uh, and some of my more successful mentees have gone to governments uh, and bid against government contracts. Uh, and now the bidding process is, in some cases, is much easier because it's on the internet. In other cases, it's not, it makes it tougher because of competition, because there's no barrier to entry. You don't have to actually go there. All you have to do is uh, enter the, uh, the bidding process um, uh, online. Uh, and that means local government, councils, uh, counties, cities, states, countries. Uh, a great source of money is the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank. I had a mentee who was looking for funds uh, in the lumber business, and I told him to go, I can't remember if he um, went to the International Monetary Fund or the uh, World Bank, but he went to one of them, and there was money available. There's always money available. Now, some of the uh, government's uh, stipulations are much tougher, um, and uh, there was, uh, I think he was uh, able to um, get uh, potential financing uh, in the former Eastern Bloc countries, uh, I'm sure that uh, the Romanias, the Belaruses of this world have uh, government uh, uh, lending facilities. Uh, I like the International Monetary Fund and the uh, World Bank better because they're more legitimate. Uh, do you have to pay them back? Absolutely, you have to pay them back. But normally the interest rates are much lower uh, uh, and the payment terms are easier. But governments, I mean, I've had, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, I've had uh, a few mentees over the years, more than a few, that have been very successful in uh, doing business with governments. And with governments, the, the dream team works. I mean, uh, an anchor chairman, some successful people that are part of your board, uh, all make sense. And, uh, but never underestimate how much a government can aid you in fulfilling your dream. Um, incubators. What's an incubator? An incubator is a normally uh, kind of a private equity fund that's associated with a large corporation like uh, a Siemens, a General Electric, or even a General Motors, and they normally invest in projects that are um, either directly or indirectly associated with some product that the big company produces. And they're looking for, a, the big company is looking for a shortcut. To, from the innovation of an idea uh, to uh, a product or an, uh, an additional product or a supplementary or complementary uh, portion to their product line uh, and they're willing to invest in the early stage. 
another way of looking at them is an early stage uh, private equity fund for an established company that already has product line. And they normally give you longer. They normally give you uh, less um, onerous payback terms. Uh, and, uh, the, uh, and it can be a great deal. Uh, and uh, universities have incubators. Uh, I know for a fact uh, Microsoft used to, Hewlett Packard in the old days used to, uh, virtually all the high tech companies have incubators uh, where you're actually physically located there. When the Chinese government asked me in 2008, 2009 to come and look, and I actually went to Hunan province, and I believe it's on YouTube, uh, to give presentations uh, to uh, CEOs there in China. They offered me an incubator fund, uh, no, they offered me to be part of an incubator fund where they would give me office space, et cetera. Uh, uh, if I, uh, and at one time uh, we were talking about matching funds, I put up so much money and they put up so much money and never, that never got to that stage. Uh, but uh, you can find incubator funds all over. Okay, investment forms. Now this thing is wild now. I mean, you got um, everything from the Shark Tank on television, where you've got guys that are willing to put up money on the spot. Uh, you've got other investment forums where you've got uh, 15, to, from 10 to 15 to 20 minutes to pitch some investors and they make investments right on the spot. I used to participate in the University of Texas Investment Forum in the honor, uh, in the name of my former partner, Charlie Soliday, who was a graduate of University of Texas. And uh, we would give scholarships uh, to the Castle Seminar. And we had some, it was an international competition. And the, uh, the contestants came from all over the world. And we did that for a few years. And we had some really, really bright kids come through. Uh, and that um, we uh, funded at that, um, or we uh, were the benefactor uh, of uh, the investment forum. But there's a lot of them. I mean, um, the, um, one of the most popular, and I guess it may not be called an investment forum now, is um, there's a program on Bloomberg, uh, uh, a technology program where they sponsor kids. It's harder to get on this, in this technology program um, than it is to get into Harvard or Yale. And they, uh, take, they take kids uh, and they give you $1,000 a month to a project, and, they, and initially it's for three months. Uh, and um, they win, you will win weekly and monthly competitions. Uh, and one of the competitions that uh, uh, has, has been viewed is, uh, uh, and you get a t-shirt like working, or, or, um, winning the Tour de France, the stage of the Tour de France. And then they uh, answer or your, your uh, gift, so to speak, or prize is, what do you want in, in this particular uh, event? Uh, they wanted to meet the uh, CEO of AOL, and so they, uh, they went to meet the um, COA, CEO of AOL, and then they had four or five things they requested of them, and the CEO of AOL granted all of them right on the spot, bam, 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 uh, and that was all out of an investment forum, uh, forum and they have others, uh, and there's a lot of them uh, online, uh, and uh, some of which are on cable television. But it, it's, it's something that you can't overlook, and you should look at very, very closely. Uh, but you've got to have some ability to speak in front of people, 
you have your communication skills have to be uh, better. And at this particular investment forum on, on Bloomberg, they actually allow you time where they teach you how to give uh, presentations better, and they improve on your presentation skills. But it's it, it's uh, it's it's a great program, and investment forums work very very well. Okay, after investment forums, and the, the, uh, these are listed in no uh, uh, priority as what's best, what's not. Um, uh, in the old days, I mean, these weren't all, all online. But there's leasing. You can lease um, uh, and get money from leasing companies, depending if your industry is a fit, either directly or indirectly, with uh, their model. And if your structure follows their strategy, and remember, structure follows strategy, you can get financing from leasing companies. Uh, and, uh, but uh, almost 100% of the time, you have to be in line with their business model. Uh, but I mean, um, for example, uh, I believe virtually all the manufacturing companies have leasing companies. Uh, some of the high-tech companies have leasing companies. Um, now, one of my favorites, because I'm a minority, notwithstanding, uh, you may not think I am, I'm a blue-eyed Hispanic, uh, minorities and women. And now they've got them for one-eyed veterans, you know, disabled veterans, disabled women, uh, Native Americans, uh, uh, the, which is American Indians, uh, you know, uh, what they used to call Eskimos, but now they're Alaskan Native Americans. The same in Canada. Um, the, uh, there's all kinds of different, uh, again, forums, not in, in, in the sense of the investment forum I just talked about, but if you're a woman and, you're, or, and or a minority, black, Hispanic, Asian, you name it, in the United States and to a lesser extent, I believe, in the UK, you can get money. Uh, and in some cases, uh, you know, I'm a, a, a veteran of the Vietnam era, I'm an, uh, and I am a minority. I'm Hispanic. If I teamed up with a Native American woman, uh, I'd, be, I'd be a benefactor, uh, beneficiary of that. If our other partner was a disabled veteran, uh, uh, I mean, it's almost endless, the permutations, the combinations. But there's a lot of these, and you can just type in minority um, or, uh, or women uh, investments, uh, and you can find countless. Uh, there used to be a couple of shows on, online, uh, excuse me, not online, on television. Uh, I don't know if they're still in existence, but there certainly are many, many websites that you can go to. Now, uh, at this juncture, you're not going to just go to one and find it. If you find it, you'll be very fortunate. You're going to have to go through all these. And fortunately, you're not having to wear out shoe leather like I used to, where uh, you're going knocking on doors. Uh, you can do it by internet. But if you think sending one email to these guys, or any of the ones that I'm going to talk about uh, in this podcast, you're crazy. You're going to have to, you know, the greasy wheel, uh, or the noisy wheel gets the grease. So uh, you're going to have to, you know, send uh, countless emails to all of these and follow up with a phone call. And if you think that you're going to be able to follow up with a tweet or whatever, you're wrong. Uh, but uh, I like the minority and women uh, category, not because I'm a minority. Um, to the best of my knowledge, I've never been the beneficiary of any minority loan. Um, the, uh, I certainly uh, never applied that I know of on a minority basis. 
And most people don't even know I'm a minority when I fill out the paperwork because uh, I don't put the tilde over the N because I don't know how to do that on a typewriter or email. Uh, I know some of my staff know how to do it. So they think I'm Penna. Uh, in Scotland, they still think I'm Dan Penna. They think it's all one name. Um, but, you know, use the leverage that you have professionally. There's nothing wrong with that. That's why they're there. Okay. Television. Well, I already I, I alluded to television when I was talking about the Bloomberg program and um, the Shark Tank, etc. Uh, and uh, but I, I consider that, in addition, uh, I consider it a, an investment forum. Uh, but there's a, there's a lot of them, uh, and uh, the television. And when I say television, uh, it's normally cable. It's not uh, ABC, CBS. Although uh, I'm uh, uh, I'm hoping that uh, my uh, reality show. I'm getting a little plug here. Uh, is uh, on mainstream television, not just cable. We'll see what happens. Uh, but we're early days. That hasn't come to fruition yet, and we're still uh, in the reviewing process. But television has opened up Pandora's box to uh, investment for uh, would-be entrepreneurs. Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot, a lot of uh, uh, leverage that you can gain um, from television, but it's mostly cable TV. Okay. Of course, now there's online resources. Holy shit. I mean, there are, I don't know if there's millions, but I mean, there's tens of thousands of online resources, uh, whether it's an accounting firm that says they can raise money, whether it's a private equity firm that says they can raise money, whether it's a commercial bank that says that they do raise money, uh, whether it's um, a, a pension fund, whether it's an insurance company, you can find these all online. Uh, the, um, and, in the old days, before online became prevalent, I mean, you used to belong, you used to look in books, you used to go to the libraries, or I used to hire graduate students um, to do my research for me. Uh, and uh, the, uh, the graduate students did a great job. Uh, and the, but now, uh, you can still hire a graduate student, but now they're doing it online. Okay. Um, publications and software. There are software programs more than I've got gray hair on my beard. Uh, there are publications more than I've got pores in my body uh, online. Uh, there are more ebooks. There are more uh, uh, DVDs and CDs. I have, a, you know, all my stuff is online, uh, and so it's a publication. Uh, and uh, I'm not telling you to read them or subscribe to them to learn how to raise money or how do you get the fucking money. I'm telling you there are publications that tell you the federal government has got a contract letting for February 2015 and XYZ. That's what I'm talking about. There's software that you can buy that tells you how to utilize the publications. There's software that you can buy that tells you how to approach governments for contracts. There's software to buy that you can actually, allegedly, tells you how to get money. Now, I've never seen any of the software programs that ever raised any money, but there are software programs, if that makes you feel more comfortable. Um, so, I don't know if there's a million publications and software applications, but I'd be surprised if there weren't that many. Um, 
And not, last but not least, and then, then I'm going to talk some more, VCs, private equity, and it should uh, also say uh, uh, hedge funds, uh, venture capitalists. This is all part of the same uh, uh, group. And they're basically guys that have raised money from the public that have are, uh, got on a seven-year program from the time that the, the, the fund opened to the time that they want to exit the fund, where they are not guaranteeing, but they're more or less uh, promising a certain rate of return, ROI, on the investment to the people that put the money up into the fund. And the people that are um, uh, running the money for, that they raise to uh, the, these investors get normally, it used to be 2% of the equity value that's paid to them yearly, plus a 20% of the profit at some hurdle rate or some rate of return rate. Now, 2% isn't the going rate, maybe it's 1%. Depending on the size of the fund, it could be even less than 1% that they get. The real money that the, the VC guys get, the KKRs of this world, are determined by the 20% uh, of the profit that they make at some uh, guaranteed hurdle rate. Um, there are hundreds of billions of dollars uh, in this private equity market, VC hedge fund market. By definition, Head funds are more aggressive. You know, they invest in movies. They do a lot of, they invest in gold, silver. They take higher risk. And when you, the investor puts his money up or her money up into the, pri, uh, the hedge fund uh, arena, they realize there's more risk associated with it. But there's also more return associated with it. And, you know, uh, in a hedge fund, getting a 20, 30, 40, 50, 60% rate of return a year through the life of the, um, uh, of the fund isn't that unusual. Uh, there are private equity funds that are for more or less widows and orphans. There's private equity funds that uh, are uh, for just institutions. So there's a whole gamut from A to Z of risk. And, they and you need to associate what's your own personal risk profile. I'm talking about as an investor. But by the same token, you go to the people that I've just described, depending on what your own risk profile is in their eyes. If you want to be a commodity trader, you're not going to be going to a, uh, an individual um, venture capitalist or private equity firm that is in a low risk profile. You're going to be wanting to go to a hedge fund that's in a high uh, risk profile. Uh, if you're in the middle of the road, uh, you, you know, you, you'll, you'll gauge it. Now, insurance companies uh, have big investment portfolios and now, uh, more so in the last 10 or 20 years, virtually all the big investment houses are owned by insurance companies. Not all, but many of them are owned by insurance companies. So, I mean, insurance companies, they'll have their own private fund. Allianz has a private equity fund. Uh, Siemens even has a private equity fund. Uh, uh, General Motors has a private equity fund. Um, so they have now, you know, opened up Pandora's box vis-a-vis -vis risk profile. And, uh, but remember now, and I haven't even talked about commercial banks yet, but VCs in the private equity arena take a bigger chunk of your dream. They're gonna put in X millions or X hundreds of thousands or X tens of millions, and they're gonna say that we have 60 or 70% of the business uh, in a bricks and mortar deal uh, that you may be able to claw back, meaning you can earn back 
uh, uh, where you're not relegated to just 10, 20, 30 percent. Uh, some of you that'll be distasteful to. I say do whatever it takes as long as it's moral, legal, and ethical to get the first deal done. But if you don't want to be, have to give up those kinds of equity portions, then you go to the lesser, uh, um, uh, not the lesser in number, but the lesser onerous that they put on you. Uh, the requirements on you. You want to, I'm sure you want the money to give up 5% of your company or 10% of your company or 20% of your company. But I've said ad nauseum until I'm blue in the face, I'd rather have 40% of a billion dollar company than 100% of a, a 10 or 15 or 20 million dollar company. But remember, you go to the private equity, the hedge funds, they're going to take more of your ass, so to speak. Now, all the above that I've just talked about are going to want to put up money and get a rate of return. And I haven't, I haven't talked about uh, crowdfunding and I haven't talked about commercial banks yet. You may get fortunate where they're going to take uh, just a small portion, but no matter what kind of equity position they want, they may or may not allow you to claw back or earn back so you get back to you know, equilibrium, you might say, so you've got more than 50%. What is important to remember is that no matter how much or how little equity they take, virtually all the above are going to want a return on their investment while they, you're using their money. And they will normally associate some interest rate on the money, even if it's an equity. So if they put in equity, you, you, you may delude yourself into thinking, well, I don't have to pay interest on the money. Well, you may not have to pay interest on the money on a uh, daily or weekly or monthly basis, but I assure you it's going to accrue. They want 8% on their money. They want 9% on their money. They want 10% on the money. And right now you can only get 1%, 2% on your money in the bank. So that may not be payable but once a year. It may not be payable until you exit which is, I, don't, I, don't, I like that, because then you don't, you don't have to be burdened with uh, quarterly or yearly uh, uh, interest payments. But you're going to have to pay, in almost all cases, some interest in addition to your, um, uh, the equity you give up. Now, let's talk about commercial banks. Commercial banks is where I tell you to go first. You may, you know, you may be able to get it from a commercial bank, and commercial bank meaning uh, debt, or as my European mentees would call it, debt. I would rather be paying, uh, just get debt, and I'm paying some uh, interest on that debt, uh, than give up equity. The commercial banks are going to take the project, and all these people are going to take the project as collateral. Okay, they may also want a secondary or ter tertiary method of collateralization. Uh, that means you, if you've got other assets, you've got another company, uh, your house, uh, your cars aren't worth enough, unless you've got some really expensive cars, um, uh, and your firstborn. That's, that's just the way it is. And in, in almost all cases, they're going to want a personal guarantor. Even though I said at the beginning of this uh, uh, podcast, a guarantor is a fool with a pen. But to get the deal done, your first deal, doesn't mean you have to do it all the time. You scream and yell, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that, blah, 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 blah. You cry, you bleed through your eyes, but then you give uh, your personal guarantee. That's not your dream team's guarantee. And again, your dream team isn't being recruited to put up money. 
And when they ask you, why isn't Dan Pena, why isn't uh, Joe Schmo putting up money in this deal? Because we recruited him to be on our dream team, on our board of directors, not because of the money that he could put in, but because of the time that he's going to give us. And Mr. Pena, in my particular case, Mr. Pena's time is worth more than any check he could write us, which is true. Okay. So they're all going to look for those different sources of guarantees. Now, the rate of return is negotiable, whether they're going to get 6% on their money or 8% on their money. The most important thing is to push it out as far as you can. You don't want to make interest payments on any loan a commercial bank or anybody gives you until way far out. I like at least three years. The best is at exit. When you exit, you know, where you can accumulate all the interest and we'll pay it then. Okay, now back to, to the, the commercial bank. The commercial bank in recent years also will ask you most likely for an equity kicker. If they really like your deal, they're going to say, gee, uh, Mr. Doofus, uh, we like this deal. We're going to uh, do the credit. They call them credits. But uh, we like an equity kicker, meaning that we want 10% of the deal. They may ask for 10% of the deal in preferred stock or preferential shares, but they may ask for that. Now, if they ask for preferential ownership, that means because they like the deal and they want to increase their rate of return in their portfolio, a blended rate, they may be only getting 8% on the credit, but if they get a deal that's got a 30, 40, 50% return on investment, that would increase that rate of return significantly, geometrically or quantumly, pun intended. So don't think that just if you do go the commercial route that you're going to not be diluted. But the good news is the equity kicker is at exit, almost always at exit. So that means you only have to give them part of the company if you're successful. And if you're not successful, you know, who gives a shit? You know, who gives a shit? Um, let me jump over to uh, uh, crowdfunding. Um, crowdfunding is very vogue, very popular, and it's one of the ways that uh, I've suggested some mentees that have big time credit problems to fund, that have a reasonable deal, a good deal, uh, and they have a reasonable uh, board of directors, and they have uh, the ability to uh, still, they have a, a good name, and they have some sort of following. That's where crowdfunding uh, can come in. Movies are uh, uh, crowdfunded now. Tom Cruise, I don't know if he's done it, but Tom Cruise, Ben Affleck, uh, Joe, uh, Joe Lowe, uh, uh, Jennifer Lopez, and those kind of people of that elk can do crowdfunding. You know, I ostensibly could do crowdfunding. Um, I have nothing to crowdfund over, uh, but uh, I could. Uh, some of my mentees um, that are in the entertainment business that have quality boards that have been very successful uh, could, uh, uh, in theory, uh, do crowdfunding. I like crowdfunding. Uh, I haven't seen it have a successful exit yet. If it has had a successful exit, I haven't seen one. Doesn't mean there aren't any. But uh, that's not my uh, uh, arena and that's not something that I focus on. Now, I've covered a number of points. The, uh, you know, how do you get the fucking money? You know, it's not that hard. If you stay focused, committed, you put a, a quality dream team together and you've got a great anchor chairman. I'm telling you, it's not the money, it's the deal. You find the right deal, and even if you don't find the right, so right deal in the eyes of the, of the world, you find the right deal for you and your passion, you're going to be able to find the finance. You know, 
just as I made the guarantee back in the mid and late 90s and into the early 2000s, if you make two different financial presentations, and just look at all the, the um, alternatives I've given you, a week, only two a week. I used to give three, four a day, <laughs> three, four a day, and we always funded. Um, and if, if you do two a week, you'll find the money. There's no question about that. Again, I've covered a, a lot of possibilities. Uh, the, uh, I, I can't emphasize enough. I know it sounds, uh, sounds strange uh, because you've uh, been grown up in being an entrepreneur or in life, no, hearing that, that, that it's hard to get the money. It's not. But anyway, we'll have other special topics uh, in the future. Uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, How to Get the Fucking Money. But uh, uh, peace and God bless. This is AskThe50BillionDollarMan.com's official disclaimer. Comments, questions, and remarks made during any part of this podcast are intended to generate discussion and reflection, but are not legal, accounting, tax, investment, appraisal, medical, or other professional advice or instructions, or factual reporting, all of which are expressly disclaimed. Remember, investigate before you invest. We can't do that for you. You are solely responsible for your investigation, analysis, and decisions made with your independent professional advisors, familiar with your specific and verified facts, and current applicable laws and regulations. Reliance on this podcast, its contents, or its participants for any personal or business decision, including but not limited to legal, investment, or other financial decisions, is disclaimed. No comment, question, or remark, or other content shall be or be construed as an express or implied promise, undertaking contract or agreement, or a waiver of any part of this disclaimer or applicable laws. The owners and distributors disclaim any obligation to supplement, correct, or modify the content of any podcast. No content shall be deemed to encourage evasion or disobedience of any law, or the submission to jurisdiction in any country. Reliance upon any facts assumed to be true for the podcast is disclaimed. Persons or entities referred to are fictional, and no depiction or reference to any person or entity is intended. Any seeming resemblance to an actual person or entity is entirely coincidental. All content is copyrighted and may not be used without written permission from Dan S. Pena, Sr.